I saw a Times-Picayune picture from the 1920s that's hanging in the Homa uh, Library, and it's Dulac, the place to come, the vacationer's paradise. And the pictures that they showed were just pristine bayous, you know, the children playing in the bayous, the, you know, a bit of a uh, little sandy beach and trees and the, you know, the, the Spanish moss, beautiful. And it's hard to believe that that picture was taken in the same location as Dulac now. As you drive more south from New Orleans, it gets darker and darker until you come to where the land ends, and this is it right here. This is one of the ground zeros for this disaster. If you pull into Dulac on a late spring day, what you'll notice first are the shrimpers fixing their boats on the banks of Bayou Grand Caillou. After that, maybe you'll see the pontoon bridges or the live oaks with their Spanish moss. Only after a while do you start to focus on the generosity of the people. At the edge of the Gulf, folks rely on each other with an intensity that you don't see in towns closer to a four-lane highway. And we all pull together, you know. I mean, if somebody uh, is having a hard time, you know, it's nothing for us to go in our pantry and fix a care box. That's Dinelle Billiot. She's part of a large Dulac family. See, my mom's gone now, but she used to offer the mailman something to eat, the insurance man, people that would come, because back then they used to come and collect, you know. And that's one thing she taught me. You you never refuse food to nobody. And in fact, the other day my insurance lady came in. I was making a chicken soup, and she said, oh, it smells so good in here. I said, you want some? Oh, I shouldn't. I said, why not? (laughs) <laughs> she told me it was the best soup she ever had. <laughs> Our food is the best. <laughs> and we have a strong faith, too. You know, Christian, you know, we believe in a higher power. And that's what ma- helps us to go through all of these things that we go through. She's not kidding when she says all those things that we go through. Dulac's troubles began almost a century before the BP oil spill. In the 20s, the levying of the Mississippi began starving communities like Dulac, starving them of the sediment they needed to keep their land above water. And that was just the beginning. More oil field drilling. The oil drilling created canals that had to be dug into the marshes. They were left open. It led to more salt water coming in from the Gulf. Kirby Verrett, a Methodist minister in Dulac and former chairman of the United Homa Nation. Then in the 1960s, uh, a great idea came up to bring more industry to Homa. So the Homa Navigation Canal was dug just to the west of uh, Dulac, and that in itself really started creating a lot of erosion. So we ended up with uh, a lot of land loss, a canal that was dug to be 150 feet wide, now it's maybe 300 feet wide. Which means Dulac is literally disappearing, and some of the surrounding communities are already gone. Not only that, the wetlands that used to protect Dulac from catastrophic storms are disappearing too. I have seen pictures of the 1930s where it was solid marsh on both sides of Dulac. Solid marsh, only ponds here and there, the tides coming and going, seafood starting their life cycle right here in Dulac. Those ponds are now lakes. Huge areas uh, in a very short period of time have eroded because uh, 
they cannot be sustained with the intrusion of salt water. It's been a tremendous loss of, of marsh, which is so important, not only for protecting the development of seafood, but also it's a buffer zone to reduce the impact of hurricanes. South of Dulac, about four or five miles, there was a community recorded that had been there for ages. It basically got hit by a hurricane. Uh, it had no protection. Uh, the erosion had cut a, a lot of the land away already. So when it got hit, there was no place for the people to go but to get out and move further north. In 1985, when Hurricane Juan hit us, we started having a northern migration of, of many people. After so many years and they are frustrated, they may be given a, a settlement by a real estate agent or someone else at a much lower rate than what they would have gotten to repair their home. And because of desperation, they'll sell out. Christina Peterson, an anthropologist and minister. But then you have developers come in and start putting up gated communities. There's a gated community that's down on the end of Shrimpers Row called Southern Comfort. Uh, There was another community that was in the making called Indian Ridge. It's where Native Americans used to live. If the folks that are the indigenous to the area should not be living there, then why are we allowing development to come in uh, to take over the area? Because with that comes the lack of knowledge for protecting the commons. We lose the culture and we lose that history. People could depend on one another at one time. One family would help another. Well, as people have been dispersed, you don't have that connection and and feeling of community. And that's a very big loss in in the life of of a family and a tribe. In 1990, Dulac had almost 3,300 residents. The number has declined since Hurricanes Katrina, Rita, Gustav, and Ike. Last year, less than 1,500 people lived in Dulac, a drop of more than 50%. That's enough to test any community's resilience. But then came the BP oil spill, which added a whole new layer of stress. I had a son that was crabbing. Now, they don't even make it to the dock with the crabs, and the crabs are dying. Now, that's not how it was before this this oil spill. That's Dinelle Billiard again. She's been living further up the bayou and building back in Dulac since Gustav and Ike hit three years ago. Billyat used to work with special ed kids until the school system cut her position. Now she cares for her husband and daughter, both of them disabled. Before the spill, she could rely on the fishermen and her family to keep her fed. It's affecting my finances because I had seafood given to me or I could buy it at a really cheap price. Now, you know, you, you don't know if it's safe, so you don't, you're not sure if you want to eat it because they sprayed all that chemical. And like with me personally, it took a big bite when I go to the grocery store because what I used to get free or at a little cost, now I'm having to buy meat to replace that. And it's very expensive. Harder still for Billyat is watching the impact on her family. It was all depressed, discouraged, didn't know, you know, what was going to happen, how they was going to live, how they was going to pay their bills. You know, my brother got sick. Here he is, the sole provider of his family, and his income with no notice is is nothing, you know, nothing. And my brother-in-law is the same way. And now it's like they don't know because the people won't even buy it because they're not sure if it's safe or not. They have not really done much to help the people. In the beginning they did, but now 
My brother, nothing. My brother-in-law, they still waiting. My bro- In fact, my brother-in-law died before he even got his, uh, his claim. Yeah, he needed a liver. And he was a crabber. And he passed away in February. And he hadn't got his claim yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to talk to you tonight about a program that we're kind of putting together uh, at Mercy Family Center. Some of you a spaghetti dinner at the Dulac Community Center. This is Doug Walker, a psychologist from outside New Orleans. What we'd like to do for you all is to continue these dinners. We like to do it once a week. And uh, we'd like to do, uh, a, I guess, a program that would help reinforce, and the idea is reinforce this idea of resiliency. Now, I'm a, I'm a psychologist, and I'm still trying to figure out what that word means. Okay, we're, we get up in the morning, right? We put our feet on the floor. To me, that's resilience. But something that's been taken away from us is the sense of human dignity. And the program that we would like to run along with these dinners will focus on things like problem solving, connecting with community, managing emotions, because sometimes we don't want to get up in the morning. It's hard to put our feet on the floor because we're facing so much out there. Reminders of all the things that we've lost and the thing, how things have changed. Walker and his team have been working with the Dulac community, including Dinell Billiot, since last winter. I've never seen a community so close where um, people feel for each other in, in ways that when they say, well, we're all family, they really are all family. And I think in a system, especially a close-knit community like this, there are enough people doing well to keep the others afloat because we are never going to be at our best every single day. There are some days that, yes, we're going to put our feet on the floor, but we're not going to be at our best. But I'm relying on my coworker, my mother, my spouse, my brother, someone else in my life to get me through today. I'm learning. I'm learning how to deal with it and how to, you know, cope with it. Because, I mean, we've been through so much disasters that you get a little bit stronger every time a little bit stronger and you just thank God that you made it through and you're going to wipe the dust off of you and start back from scratch and that's what we're going to do with this in Dulac, Louisiana I'm Barry Yeoman 